really cool story out there in the Custer area about a farm doing things a bit differently and a different kind of farm than what we often talk about here on the farming show at least welcome back we continue Dylan Honkoop here with you on your Saturday morning glad you're tuned in here to the farming show brought to you by Farmers Equipment Company Laurel Farm and Western Supply and McAvoy Oil a lot of people this fall probably interacted with these folks out on Zell Road on a Custer Triple Wren Farms, and we chatted with them, um, well, Sarah, uh, with Triple Wren Farms, Sarah Paybody joined us on the program just, what was that, last week or a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about the things that they do out there, and, and we put together a video talking about some of the sustainable practices they have, and again, when we do a story like this, just like when we do a story about some of the cool sustainable things that a dairy farmer is doing, it's just one story of so many around this community, same here with Triple Wren um, uh, Triple Wren Farms and, and the dahlias that they grow and then all the other things they do and the holistic practices they have where they have the, the pigs and the chickens and it, it makes this you know soil health focused system uh, to raise their dahlias. Um, this is important stuff in our community and, and we often here on the program talk about the, the big three, you know, dairy, berry, and potato, but there are so many other small farms in this community of all kinds of, you know, you could grow just about anything here. Okay, maybe not tropical fruits and such, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's just the climate that we have here, the soils that we have here, you can grow so many things, and so many things are grown, and, and that uh, world of small farms has just exploded in the last decade or two. People deciding, hey, I'm going to give this a try, and, and some people find out it's tough. You know, not all those small farms make it. I'm glad that they try regardless whether they make it or not, but it's super exciting when they do make it and they succeed uh, like uh, like Triple Wren Farms. Joining us right now with Sustainable Connections, their food and farm uh, program manager or, or director, uh, is Sarah Sutherland, uh, on the program with us this morning. Sarah, welcome to the program. And, and talk about this phenomenon that, that we see in Triple Wren Farms and and so many other small farms around this community. You got you folks there at Sustainable Connections are working with a lot of these farms to say, hey, yes. give this a try, and we'll come alongside you in the process to to see what we can't together uh, as a community make work here. Yes, and thanks for having me, Dylan. Yeah, so we at Sustainable Connections and our food and farming program work with hundreds of farmers, mostly focused on farmers that are selling to local markets. So, you know, products you would see at the farmer's market, local grocery stores, like the co-op in Hagen, things like that. And also through local food boxes and, and uh, farm stands. And then work with a ton of different farm organizations like Whatcom County Farmers in the community. One of the things that we've offered to Whatcom and Skagit County Farmers for the last 15 years is a program called Food to Bank On. And it's essentially a new farmer business training program for new farmers looking to expand and grow in this community um, and supports them with business training, mentorships, and connection to markets. So like you said, there are a ton of new startup farms happening in the area and throughout the country right now, which is great. But a lot of folks are starting their farms because they're passionate about raising good food for their family or their community, but often aren't as excited about the marketing, the taxes, insurance, 
business planning, all of those things that are really needed to create a viable farm that will be in our community for many years to come. And so that's where the program kind of comes in and helps bridge that production expertise with the business expertise. And uh, we're really excited to have worked with Triple Run Farms for three years through the program. And Sarah and Steve Paybody are, are just a joy and are doing great things in our community. Well, we talk about farming a lot on this program. And we talk, you know, oftentimes to an audience here on this program of, you know, people in that commercial farming world and, and the berry, like we said, the berry and the dairy and the potato farmers here on the program. And I, I just, there may be an elephant in the room. And I think I just want to call that out right away. Which is the, the kind of the, the the divide that can go on in the farming community between the small guys and the big guys, if you want to call it that. Even though I don't think it's even so much about size um, as it is about other things. But I, I think that should be called out. From you know, my background is more around you know big raspberry farms and dairy farms, and that's what I grew up around. And and now getting to know more about potato uh, than the seed potato uh, community here locally. Those folks, um, just speaking to to you folks first, you should be thankful for these little farms too uh, here in our community. I think this is a really good thing, and we should all be rallying together to 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 make things go well for the little farms, the big farms, the med- medium farms. Um, of course, you know my background now. I'm an advocate for farming and, and family farming. Um, now as a career that I've left the radio station and only just popped my head in here for an hour on Saturday mornings, I think this is so important to bridge this gap between the small farms, the big farms. There's a lot of information that can be, you know, the big farms have a lot of expertise and history that they can share with the the little guys, if you want to call it that, the people just trying a half an acre or a few acres or whatever it might be, trying to sell into a local market or do things. But, but I, the big guys have a lot that they can learn from, from those the those operations too, and I was mentioning this to Sarah Paybody the other day, um, because they have more freedom in some ways to try some new stuff out. That may, not, I mean, it may be uh, something that could be tried on a small scale. Might have some lessons for for the the bigger farms mm-hmm. here in our community too. So I just see so much benefit across the spectrum here, and and I, I see bridging gaps. Uh, I don't know how you guys focus on that there at Sustainable Connections. Again, uh, their food and farming uh, director with us, uh, Sarah Sutherland, here on the program uh, this morning on the Farming Show. How do you guys view that? Because I do see a divide there, but I I see erasing that divide as something really healthy for for our local food community. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Dylan. I mean, I think that there's a lot of inherent benefits from having both large-scale producers and smaller-scale farmers in our community. And each with different focuses in terms of where they're selling their food. But by having a large-scale agriculture and that, you know, oftentimes multi-generation of experience here and keeping that land based on farmland, it also allows having the infrastructure uh, to support farmers of all sizes. So the equipment uh, manufacturers and, um, you know, all sorts of things that help kind of with this farm infrastructure that would be a lot more challenging if we didn't have that large farming base here. And then also for small scale farmers, I mean, those are the folks that are selling their wares and their products at the farmer's market that, you know, folks can go into the community food co-op and find their products. And so oftentimes smaller farmers can be the face of farming and help really to educate our community about 
where our food is coming from, how farmers are stewards of the land, and um, can be a really key piece of education for our community. Smaller, so that's yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I and I see so many intersections, you know, and and I think in the work that we're all doing, and valuing that partnership, and valuing what we're each bringing to the table, and and talking about what we have in common, and and how we can work together to really have an awesome local food and farming community. I just think about, and I'm not even that old, but I think about when I was a kid. There were, I don't know, I'm reminded that that this idea of selling local. food, farm products, whatever they might be, mostly food, uh, but other things as well, since we're talking about triple wren farms and dahlias, you know, flowers, and the list could go on. Um, selling that to local consumers in local markets, whether it is, you know, the, the farmer's market or at the community food co-op or at another one of our uh, grocery stores of any stripe here locally, that's not necessarily a new idea either. And that and that's not to disparage the people who are bringing it back to life, because I think a lot of people have forgotten about it. I remember when I was a kid, mm-hmm. my uncle growing strawberries. Certainly that was a different time back. I mean, that would have been the mid to late 80s that I'm, you know, from what I can remember, uh, helping my grandpa deliver his strawberries around town in the, you know, in the back of my grandpa's old ranchero, driving around Bellingham to the Hagen stores and whatnot, and then going Going back up to Linden, where he was growing, my uncle was growing the strawberry. That that was a thing that went on. I think a lot more back then. I, I don't know why we necessarily got away mm-hmm. from it the way that we did. I know a lot of that kind of died out in the '90s and even the early 2000s, and people have tuned back into that again. I think there's something for for again the the large scale producers to learn there too. I think they have things that. Uh, I mean, you even think about like the seed potato growers. They aren't even growing potatoes necessarily for for direct human consumption, even though they can. They're, they're selling them for other potato farmers around the country to to plant their fields with. But like mm-hmm. Bedlington, Dick Bedlington Farms, you know, they've got Dick Spud Shed out there, and you can go buy a sack of potatoes for a really good deal. A lot of people don't even know about this. This whole idea of local food can be such a a benefit for for anybody in farming, large and small, across the spectrum, and and that's what needs to grow i think for for a healthy uh food system in our community people talk about food system and they have all kinds of different social justice ideas about what that means but i i I think uh accessing those local markets and maybe that's something that i know that's something that you guys are very involved with and maybe can help with even more is is connecting people to, to places that they can sell their stuff definitely yeah you know it's about you know one of our big goals is kind of playing matchmaker between farmers selling to local and regional markets and then all of the places that we're eating and shopping, grocery stores, restaurants, and then also kind of distribution systems as well. And so helping to make those connections between farmer and chef can be really important in growing those relationships. And then eventually us as community members, seeing that local food on our plates. And, you know, I think about, even for me, Dylan, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, And a lot of people might think of Texas as this big agricultural area and certainly lots of agriculture happening throughout the state. But growing up there, there was very little awareness about food that was grown or raised Mm. around the area. I think pecans and grapefruit maybe were the two kind of things that stand out. And moving up here to Whatcom County about 10 years ago, it's been just incredible to see the level of local food that's available to our community and produced by, you know, farmers of all sizes. And it's really exciting to kind of see the community rally around what's possible and eating food that 
uh, they, they know the farmer and they know how it was grown mm-hmm. or raised. Um, they can go out and see the farm, um, talk to them about their practices and also just, you know, the taste and freshness and reducing environmental impact and keeping dollars in our local community. You know, I think of food as an incredible vehicle for creating the community that we'd like to see. Um, and when every time we spend our dollars on breakfast, lunch, or dinner, we're really voting for our community and voting for the people and our friends and neighbors right around us. And so it's for me, it's a really exciting kind of avenue to support the people that live next door and support the people uh, that live in our community and are working hard to bring good food to our tables. Sarah Sutherland with us right now here on The Farming Show on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. We focus on farming issues here uh, during the seven o'clock hour uh, every morning. And, and then uh, anytime you can listen to our segments on the uh, the Save Family Farming podcast. That's who I work for now in farming advocacy. Um, Sarah, you know, I've talked about what the, the big farms can learn from the, from the small farms trying different new things. I think maybe market access is even one of those things where, where a smaller operator can give something a try and, and could get a restaurant or a grocery store or some other kind of food outlet interested in more local food, maybe uh, willing to pay a premium for something. And and maybe that's something that, that then once they get that foot in the door, that even lo- bigger local um, producers could say, okay, you know, this is feasible, this is doable. Because I know sometimes for a big operation, it's, it's kind of tough to say, well, you know, really, what are we going to get out of this if we are trying to supply a, a small local outlet with some of our product? Mm-hmm. Um, but there could yeah, be real potential there. At the same time, I, I don't want to also uh, give the illusion because I think some people think that we could get away entirely from exporting food from this community. And I, I don't believe that to be a good or a sustainable option either, where all of the food is grown locally, all the food is produced locally, and that's all. I, I, I just, it's not going to happen. It's not realistic and it's not healthy for farming in this, in this community either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I, it definitely has to be both. I mean, our community in Whatcom and Skagit counties are so good at producing berries and it's an amazing area for dairy and cows and the environment is really keen for that. Exactly. And so it makes sense that we would utilize those, the resources that we have and, and export a lot of those crops. And I do see an opportunity for more opportunities for larger growers who may be interested in local and regional markets I mean, I think about what's happening down in Skagit County at the port with kind of the different value-added infrastructure they've created around locally grown grains and the value that they've been able to add to a product that was previously just mowed down um, and selling it in terms of flowers that will work well for pastry and breads all over the, the, the community and all yeah. over the region. I think, you know, what's possible with raspberries or with blueberries um, you know, in the future in terms of, you know, could we create some value added products? Could we create more things that could stay here in addition to the export crops um, to grow more sustainability and vital, um, you know, long-term 
values for the farms that are here and being able to have that ownership over a lot of their products. Um, it's exciting to think about and just what are the possibilities and and who are the players that need to come to the table. And again, it's not something new here. I mean, it's something that our community has a long history of growing food and, and selling it to the people in this community uh, and it's keeping true. it here as much as we can. Again, not denying the need for exporting, especially some of the things that we do the very best at and we're so well suited to do, like you say, the dairy and the berry and the seed potatoes, et cetera. And that, there's a reason why those are, are kind of the big as players here locally. Um, Sarah, just before we go, and we're almost out of time, we're talking with Sarah Sutherland of, of Sustainable Connections here on The Farming Show. Uh, what advice would you give to producers out there, small, large, anywhere in between? Um, and, you know, we started talking about Triple Ren Farms and, and what they went through and how you guys were able to help them, some of the things that you could offer uh, to them to, to get them the kickstart that they need. Maybe somebody else out there is thinking, hmm, I want to see maybe maybe there's something for me. Maybe I want to change the focus of my operation mm -hmm. and, and try to hit that local market. Maybe I want to get into this farming thing. And, well, buckle up if you are, because <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> and Steve and Sarah will tell you that. But it's oh so rewarding as well. How can they get in touch with you folks? What might be some things that they should think about if they might say, hey, maybe Sustainable Connections is something that could uh, assist me doing things different or doing thing doing something new? Sure. Yeah, well, one thing is checking out our website and seeing what we offer, sustainableconnections.org. And the Food to Bank on program that I mentioned, which is our beginning farmer business training program, is a great place to get started. And over the years, we've worked with 52 farmers throughout the program. 83% are still farming successfully in Whatcom and Skagit County. So we're really proud of that and helping to build expertise there. But I guess a few areas of advice that I would offer if you're looking to start a farm are one, write a business plan. Um, don't just rely on passion. Um, and two, make sure that you have a market for your product. So look at and see what's available already in the marketplace and what what's missing. Where are there niche um, opportunities? Where are there outlets that aren't being served? And kind of look there as you're planning. And then I think the third thing would be tell your story. I think that... Mm. A lot of times farmers, well, any business owner really thinks that they have the most quality product, so it's automatically just going to sell. And really half of the business is marketing, yeah. telling your story, getting the word out, engaging with the community. And we do a ton of that for local farms through the Whatcom County Farm Tour and the Food and Farm Finder and our new Eat Local First online atlas. And it has to be coming from the farmers themselves and, and yeah. just helping to educate the community because we really have to assume that our customers know nothing about why local is important, why a sustainable practice might be important, why you're passionate about farming. And we have to kind of start that conversation over every time as an education point for our community. So those are a few things that I would I'd say kind of as some very basic starting points. Very good advice. And let, let's stay in touch because I think there's a whole lot more that can be done here. I mean, you talk about people starting farm. I also think about people who are already farming, maybe have been farming for decades, but want to try something. I, you know, I think of uh, what, the risks that uh, like a Twinbrook Creamery, Larry Stapp and his family uh, took several years ago. And it's been so rewarding <laughs> for them, but it hasn't been easy. And they had to put together a plan and they totally changed their focus. They totally changed how they did things. Uh, and again, it's it's paid off 
in one way or the other for them, in a lot of ways, really, for them. But it was not easy. And, and you know, different, you know, Mark, you talk about that and marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's something that, well, that may be a whole new element that someone who's been producing for a long time but wants to change their focus needs to jump into that they maybe haven't before. Maybe they aren't comfortable with it. Uh, but there's a lot that they can learn and a lot of resources that you guys would have for those folks, I would imagine, too. Sarah Sutherland Certainly. with Sustainable Connections. Thanks for your time on the program this morning. Thanks for the good work that you folks do. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.